I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's been on the podcast so far. We've had everyone from Liverpool, South Africa, um, Australia, Turkey, Scotland. It's been absolutely mad. But today we have a man that has been from, he's from kind of everywhere, uh, Ross Barnes. It's a pleasure to have you on my podcast. Pleasure to be here with you, Josh. Thank you. Um, and where about are you from? And give us just a little bit of background about yourself. So... I'm not a native Texan, but I've been here since uh, 2014, Mm -hmm. Uh, from Zimbabwe originally, Um, moved to the UK, grew up uh, in southwest London, and then started my camp adventure, much like you, many, many years ago, just coming back and forth on a J-1 visa. Um, I worked at a summer camp on the eastern shore of Virginia, Uh I did that for five summers seasonally. and then I ended up coming over to the States full-time in 2011. I lived in New York for a little while, then L.A. Did you? Mm-hmm. No, how long were you in New York for? Mm, just shy of two years. Whoa. I lived in uh, Brooklyn in uh-huh. a place called Park Slope. Unbelievable. Um, and I was working at a brand new, like I opened up a, a boutique hotel, um, part of the Sedell Group. It's called The Nomad. It's on 28th and Broadway. If you're ever out that way, go and check it out. It's a really awesome hotel. Um, and then I moved to LA, uh, lived there for just shy of two years as well. Um, opened up another one of Sedal Group's properties in Koreatown out there. Wow. A hotel called The Line. Uh-huh. So I've done quite a bit of hospitality, but... Uh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, when I got the opportunity to come back into to camping, mm-hmm. had to do it. Had to come to, to oh, Texas. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite state so far that you've worked in? Um... That's a good question. I loved my time in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, How's them beautiful mountains on that? No, well, y- like you're talking about like the Apple, like around that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, never got to see it. Oh. Um, so I was on the Eastern Shore, which is like the, that little piece of land that juts out uh, right off the coast there um, on the Chesapeake Bay. So what was really nice about that is... Being on the East Coast and then watching a sunset over the water, over a massive expanse of water. Yes. Uh, so that was beautiful. Um, I don't know if you could say that I lived in Virginia. I was there for my summers. Yeah. But I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the West Coast vibe. Yeah. I did enjoy a lot of LA. I think the air is cleaner or something. Do you ever get that when you're out there? Or not in LA, actually. Not in LA. I was going to say, LA is uh, notorious for like having smog. Like yes. Bad air. Bad air. Head a bit um, of one out to like Sacramento out there. It's a bit, it's a bit better. Yeah, you probably have to get out of the, the, the smoggy, congested LA uh, city to, to enjoy the air. But, um, no, I enjoyed the vibe. I enjoyed the West Coast vibe a lot. Um, but I think one of the things that I've enjoyed most about moving to Texas is not living in a city. Okay. Like I grew up outside, just outside of London, New York was hectic. Um, (laughs) Different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, LA was a bit more of a laid back vibe, but still very much the city. Like so, yeah. 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 Um, I appreciate being at camp and being in a rural area. I miss the the West Coast vibe. Yeah. Um, the, the the I guess the 
more of the mindset of general population mm-hmm. um, was more my speed. Okay. Unbelievable. <laughs> so everywhere in a different type of way. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so when you you've just got um, your American citizenship. Yep. That is unbelievable. I, I got said it. Well done the already. Was it last week. Last week. Last week I got it. Um, was that the original plan from the very start, or did that just kind of happen? It wasn't, and that's <laughs> like a nice segue into to one of the topics. So, um, I had been here. For some time, I was eligible. Yeah. Um, as, you know, as a permanent resident since two. Well, see, when you move, you get your work authorization. You don't actually get your green card straight away. Okay. Um, so I had my work authorization. I'd been a permanent resident green card holder for yeah, several years. But um, following, I'd always thought to myself, you know what? For my work, I, I love it here. Um, I can't do what I do back home in the UK. Yeah, there's numerous issues as to like even if I wanted to take the summer camp model back to the UK, there's numerous reasons why it wouldn't be a successful awesome. venture. Yeah, from the weather to the British school holidays, um, just to the nature of the culture. I think. Yeah, we were literally talking about the Sudanian back on the girls from camp you obviously know mm-hmm. and we literally said that we were like it just wouldn't work for some it just doesn't it's leaning upon with the weather the weather's a massive factor the weather's a big factor and and at best you've got six weeks yeah but even then you could you could get the students involved and do training but yeah i mean at best your summer is six weeks long um i don't know it could work it could Someone hopefully could work hopefully one day we can know. make it work somehow but um no i mean I wanted to stay very, like, this is something I'm very passionate about. Yeah. Um, been doing it for a lot of years. I love it. Um, but then watching what's going on back home, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I see, and this might sound a little bit pessimistic, but I see a relatively bleak outlook for for the future of the uk yeah it's not looking with like and like brexit type way it's not looking the best is it with 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 brexit i see a lot of trouble yeah on the horizon and after the fact after everything's gone down i don't know how forgiving the european union will be once common sense is restored yeah to to the leadership of the UK. But if they're not that forgiving, it could be a long time before the UK uh, finds its relevance in, in the world again. Yeah, it's fate even like so do you think do you think there's a way that if we did leave that they would try to like reverse it and it just wouldn't be an option then and Europe wouldn't be or what where do you think that would kind of work? So the process the process of enacting you know the the exit from the European Union was like a two year process just mm-hmm. in of itself um having had the referendum enacting uh article fifty um and then the process of going through that to get where we are today, which is this weird uh purgatory that no like we're we're in the European Union we're supposed to be leaving the European Union. No one seems to have any clear plan or 
or notion of exactly what that looks like. Um, and the sad part about that is the, the people that were with the Leave campaign mm-hmm. clearly didn't have anything beyond the vote. Yeah. In terms of a plan, in terms of uh, doing anything, and, and actually, you know, you have to bear in mind that uh, shortly thereafter, David Cameron stepped down, the leadership reverted supposedly to a bunch of people that uh, were pro leave mm-hmm. where was the plan there wasn't one yeah. they didn't have a plan they didn't they weren't ready to execute any of this notion because it was bunk a lot of the things that they campaigned on were not true um a lot of the things that they yeah they were promising sat, like to to the people that bought into it it sounded like a nice idea but practically, it was never going to be... Which is not. Yeah. Um, I remember you saying about the... Wasn't the, the NHS? I can't remember. You told me the statistics about they were going to pump more money into it from Europe. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for people that were called at the time, uh, Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson and all those people that were uh, very pro-Leave and, and, and spearheading that campaign, they had a bus. They had the, the, the Leave bus. Um, and it was promising something like 316 million pounds would be reinvested every week into the NHS. Every week? Mm-hmm. And then the morning after the vote, Nigel Farage was on morning television basically saying, ah, I don't know where you got that idea from. Like, that's not true. I'm sorry that people bought into that. And uh, I forget the, the hostess name, but she was like, it was on the side of your bus. <laughs> like, you like, literally said you this. You guys literally, that was one of your main points. And, of course, a lot of the people in the UK are seeing um, hospitals shutting down. They're seeing uh, the NHS in turmoil, long waiting times for, for surgeries and, and, and what have you. So, like, this idea that leaving the European Union was going to revitalize the NHS in a way that, um, you know, would, would, would bring it surging back into, um, you know, this, this, what it was intended to be, this yeah. fantastic public like service. Um, but it was fantasy. They, they, they were lying about it. Um, and, you know, that, that's, that's the unfortunate part here is that a lot of the people that rely the most on public services got duped. They, they're not getting those services and we're going to be worse off for it. Yeah, and like you just should even show me the, like the currency there like in the last five years with the decline just before you came on. Um, you'd show me that and it's just Sandy when you came here in 2006, wasn't it? Yeah, so my first summer in the UK, uh, sorry, in the US when I first got my J1 visa, um, I remember uh, toddling along over to Marks and Spencer's my pounds, <laughs> Love ready, yeah, ready, ready to change them into dollars, and I was getting a return of about two dollars to the pound. Wow! When I when I was originally making that conversion back in two thousand six. Today, as of today, when we just looked, you get about a dollar twenty to the pound, which is madness. Which you know that's uh, what what did I say the figure was? We were looking at just a moment ago. It's it's lost twenty um, percent, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean the the value of the. The speculation on the markets is that um, Brexit, when it happens, is going to be disastrous for, yeah. for the currency. 
Um, and of course, all of the speculation right now about what's happening, no deal Brexit, um, uh, so it's a, it's a hard Brexit, a soft Brexit, whatever it is, mm-hmm. because no one really knows, there's not a lot of confidence in the way in which the UK is going to be able to do business with the, with the rest of the EU. Yeah, it's going to cost more world. money to like, try and transport things in and stuff like yeah. that, isn't it? And, and a lot of what the deal or no deal, uh, for one of the better <laughs> Love term, it. Uh, a lot of that is going to affect the strength of the pound because it's going to affect how the UK does business outside of its borders. Yeah. Uh, so right now, I mean, you've got the US pushing for um, new trade deals with the UK. And, and uh, I mean, that didn't really go well the last time because, I mean, the, the president's an idiot. <laughs> so That's not a debate, by the way. This is facts. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, there's the, there's a lot of problems with with the with the world in general. It's not just a Brexit thing. It's uh, a worldwide. Problem. Yeah, I mean, I, and I know like to 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 go back on that thing. I said, well, you know, I, I don't see a, a bright future for mm-hmm. the UK. So um, you know, looking at long term future in the US, I mean, if Trump wins a second term. Nothing to get either. Uh, no, I mean right now, arguably, the U.S. is in terrible hands, um, with a poor outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, provided Trump does not win in twenty twenty, yeah, um, and moreover, depending on the. Uh, DNC um, nomination kind of changes the landscape quite a lot for for what I think the the long term out, uh, outlook for the US is. I would like to see a Sanders Warren mm-hmm. ticket or a combination. Um, you know, if if they weren't running mates, uh, one or the other, <laughs> as as the the next president of the United States. Um, if it's a Joe Biden. Or a Kamala Harris, things get better. Yeah, maybe not crazy better, but but not crazy. It's that would be status quo, okay. right? So what we saw in the two thousand and sixteen election here was, in my opinion, um, people rejecting the status quo. Yeah, right. You had a lot of people that were very on board with Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. vote for Trump. Why? Because Hillary Clinton represented stagnation. Hillary Clinton represented the status quo that everybody had become distrustful and disdainful of. She was career politician, um, just like many of the other people in the race, lots of special interest groups that, um, you know, she was giving, she was having fundraisers where it was $250,000 just to to have a seat at the table. You know, people like Bernie Sanders because, um, and he touted this widely, is my average backer is contributing $27 to my campaign. Yeah. There aren't these large special interest groups, these, these super PACs that are funding me. I'm being backed by a regular person. Trump's message was, 
nobody can afford to to buy me. I'm so rich. Yeah. Um, I'm my own person. Of course, that's not true. At all. He actually <laughs> received tons of campaign money from special interest groups. But, you know, his message was drain the swamp and I'm not like other politicians. And ultimately, that's what people wanted. They wanted to, if nothing else, just light a match, and set see the whole happens. thing on fire and just see if they... And, you know, if nothing else, Trump definitely does that. Mm-hmm. He's not a career politician. He's not um, status quo. Unfortunately, and this is where people get it wrong and why Hillary would have been better, he's not any of those things, but he's so much worse. <laughs> he's so much worse. So, so in this instance... I understand the logic. I understand what you want to do. You want to you want to change things up because it's 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 corrupt. Yeah. It's not good. It's 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 bad. But Trump is so, so much, much worse. worse. Than the problem. It's so true. Like you, you've changed it, but for the worse. <laughs> um, and that's where we're at today. You know, he's he's not uh, drained the swamp. He's he's filled it with, you know, what he. He always rails against the elites. The elites, I mean, his cabinet's filled with millionaires and billionaires, yeah. like the whole lot of them. And that's if they can even stick around longer than like a year. Uh, I think uh, there's there's relatively few people from his uh, administration that are still there. Uh, he he goes through people a lot, and why? Because ultimately, a good leader is someone that's going to surround themselves by experts in their fields. Yeah. Anybody um, who's in charge of a large-scale operation uh, with with many different facets and and areas of skills of expertise where you need people to like fill in yeah. and lead those, you you're not an expert of everything. You surround yourself yeah. with people that can give you quality advice. Well, Trump doesn't believe that anyone has better opinions than <laughs> so experts. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, well, he's not hired any experts in any of the fields. He's got. Um, a brain surgeon running his uh, urban housing development um, department. Uh, the guy, uh, it's Ben Carson, he knows nothing, has no experience in housing and urban development, but he's running the show there. Um, Betsy DeVos is not qualified in any stretch of the imagination to lead uh, you know, the education department. Um, I'm not even sure who is in charge of the EPA right now, uh, but I know that uh, he had a guy that was basically a lobbyist for big coal um, and fossil fuel, like, big polluter yeah. running the EPA at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what her role is, but Linda McMahon, does that name ring a bell it to you? It does not. Who's Linda McMahon? Enlighten Lin- me. Linda McMahon is the wife of Vince McMahon, of the world wrestling entertainment. No way. Yeah. You're choking me. And uh, she got a position on the administration. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's a joke. But, you know, the guy that was elected president is... I mean, he's, he's many things, right? <laughs> um, but he's never served in public office. No. Again, this is a break from the status quo. And the idea behind the presidency was, you know, anybody could run for president. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, you know, he was elected on this notion that he was this brilliant businessman. He's not. He's not. Yeah, I remember. He's not a brilliant businessman. Um, If there's supposed to be one surefire, like you can't fail business, it's running a casino. There's the old adage that the house always wins. Trump managed the balls that up. The Um, only thing ever that you cannot fail in is the casino. The casino (laughs) always wins unless you're Trump. Supposedly. Um, but yeah, no, he failed that. Um, I, I, I didn't even know that. I remember you told me the other day, I didn't know he had casinos and all yeah. these other things. Like, Is it just kept under the closet or am I just not informed about them? Um, it's not kept under the closet. But So the problem is, I think, for a lot of people, that memories are fairly short. Yeah. Right? So what Trump was, most recently, prior to being president, was a wildly successful reality TV star... Uh, uh, as the head of The Apprentice, yeah. the TV show The Apprentice. Um, so he was a household name in that regard. People vaguely knew what he was outside of that. But what Trump is good at doing is telling the version of the story that he wants people to know and then sticking to it. And just sticking it no matter just what. sticking to it. Not changing his mind. I mean, he can change his mind. Yeah. But whenever he says something about himself, he <laughs> says it with conviction. Okay. It's a lie. Yeah. Most he's just of the extremely time, good at doing that. But he's really good at, at and, and he doesn't let other people talk. You'll notice when he talks to the press, he likes to talk to the people that are the sycophantic lackeys that are yeah. going to just praise him no matter what. And he will ignore the rest of the press corps that are going to ask him tough questions. He doesn't want to answer tough no. questions. He doesn't know the answer to tough questions. Which is what you should be doing if you're the president. You shouldn't really care what comes your way. Yeah. I mean,. <laughs> A lot of the time when you watch him um, answering questions, you just see him going off on some incoherent rambling. Just because of a tangent? Oh, it doesn't make any sense. He, <laughs> does, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, so, I mean, I, I could talk at length about Trump. <laughs> uh, and you're welcome too. I mean, we, we, we can stick on the Brexit topic or, or the... At the minute, I'm really interested in the Trump. I think you're, you're digging... I'm liking the, the bits of information. But how, is there any way that you reckon he gets re-voted? Do you think it's in America to say... Because he's done nothing really sense what he said. So, I do. I do think there is a chance he gets re A high re-voted. chance? No. Not a high chance. Um, and the reason I say that is... Um, I'm a little bit skeptical of the polls, mm-hmm. um, but his poll numbers are terrible. Despite what he says, poll after poll, I mean, you've even got Fox News, yeah. who are basically the state propaganda machine for Trump. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very pro Trump. A lot of the people on, on Fox Watch News are very pro Trump. Uh, for those of you who are listening and you're not in the US, um, you're probably not ever watching Fox News. So, Good. Uh, I'm glad you don't have to be subjected to that because it, it's objectively terrible. Um, but there's people, there's, there's Fox News hosts on it like uh, Laura um, Ingraham, uh, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson. These guys are all racists. They're all um, pro-Trump, anti-truth, anti-Democrats. Uh, and and, and they, they will just spew all kinds of nonsense all the time. There's a, there's a couple of hosts on there like uh, Shepard Smith, um, 
that kind of tell it like it is. And that's why Trump's getting a little bit annoyed. But there's a morning segment uh, called um, Fox and Friends. Okay. Uh, and it has three hosts. Um, geez, I can't even remember their names. Uh, Kilmeade, something out there. Just every morning this happens? Every morning. And, and if you can imagine in the UK that the Prime Minister starts their day off not doing any work, but just watching TV. And how do we know that President Trump doesn't do any work in the morning? Because his tweets, and this has been shown time and time again, he will tweet something that directly corresponds with something that was just said on Fox <laughs> and Friends within minutes of each other. Oh, my days. Fox and Friends will say a thing. Trump will be tweeting it within minutes. <laughs> uh, we also know that he's watching this show uh, religiously. Because he often calls in. No way, does he? Oh, yes. He often calls in. So, again, imagine the Prime Minister starting their day off with, you know, a fairly routine phone call to Good Morning TV. <laughs> That's the sense of what it is, like Good Morning Britain? Yeah, Good Morning Britain. <laughs> uh, routinely, the Prime Minister's just like, I'm just going to go and complain on this morning show uh, about... You know, all the people that are getting me down, all the people that are bumming me out, just, ugh, gonna get I'm so annoyed. I'm going to go and talk to, to Fox and Friends because they're my friends. <laughs> um, I mean, he does, he, he, routinely, he calls, a, he calls a show. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the world that we're living in. Um, so, <laughs> just to give you kind of the, the scope of what we're talking about right now. So, um, horrific things happening right now. Uh, east coast of the United States. Uh, Hurricane Dorian yeah. is uh, sweeping up the coast. Very rock and roll. Yeah, it's, it's a Category 5. Wow. It's a huge hurricane. Um, it just destroyed the Bahamas. Destroyed the Bahamas. Uh, it's terrible. Rightly, quite rightly, I think, President Trump cancelled his trip to Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, he had uh, a meeting scheduled there, and he sent Mike Pence. That's the right thing to do. Yep. The wrong thing to do is having cancelled his trip to Poland, having cancelled this diplomatic trip, and sending his vice president because the country needed him. Mm -hmm. The wrong thing to do, which he did do, and he tweeted about it because he tried to defend himself, is then go and play golf at one of his resorts. He maintains that he was receiving... Plenty of um, briefings and, and, and what have you, but you don't cancel your diplomatic trip to Poland because there is a massive um, crisis that's about to hit your own country and play golf. Like, it, it just doesn't make no, sense. No, it doesn't make any logical sense. Um, but, you know, they've, they've, they've run the numbers on this, and since taking office, Trump has spent one in five days golfing. And he, I remember you saying to me at the start, he said he's going to take less days than he Obama, said he, wasn't it? He spent much of his campaign criticizing Obama for the amount he played golf all the time. He's talking about how much Obama played golf. His campaign featured this talking point probably at a, just about every rally, right? There's, there's a lot of video footage of him constantly, constantly berating Obama and his golfing habits. He stated on numerous occasions that he probably wouldn't ever leave the White House, that he would be too busy working for you, the American people, that he would never play golf during his presidency. Didn't happen. One in five days. 
he's on course to play. I think uh, if he if he did two terms of golf um, at his current pace, he would play about twelve hundred rounds of golf. <sighs> Which, funnily enough, wasn't the record for a president, a mm. sitting president. Uh, there were a couple of people um, a bit worse that that uh, played more golf than that. But yeah, I mean. It's not so much the amount of golf he's playing, but the fact that his campaign... Like he went out of his way to say that. He went out of his way to to berate Obama about golf and how he was never going to play it. He's literally been golfing over the weekend after cancelling diplomatic trip to Poland to stay here to deal with the the hurricane. He did it on a golf course. He doesn't believe in global warming, does he? Hmm? Doesn't believe in global warming? No. At all? No, he doesn't believe in it. He thinks it's a Chinese hoax. Straight up. Yes, he's referred to it as a hoax perpetrated by China um, because somewhere in his logic they benefit in trade. On, on, I'm not even sure That's how he got to that. To that. But no, he's, he's referred to it as a hoax that has been perpetrated on the world uh, in large part by, by China. Um, to grow their profits somehow, yeah. Um, nah, it, I mean it's 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 wild. He's good at rejecting counsel, mm-hmm. though. So you know, his administration hardly has anybody in it. Um, he fires people or they quit pretty regularly, and he rejects all the sound advice, and that's why people quit or he fires them because. If it doesn't fit his worldview, he's not interested. Uh, if it if it somehow conflicts with anything that he wants to do, like he'll distance himself from it. So, um, global warming's inconvenient because many of the uh, special interest groups, especially that are supporting Donald Trump, have an invested interest in you know coal. Fossil fuels. Yeah, you know, he's 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 getting a lot of money from them. I mean, it's the same reason why, um, following the El Paso shooter, in the immediate aftermath of that mass shooting, he um, talked about doing more to do background checks, doing more to make it harder for firearms to be in the hands of would-be criminals, yeah. would-be mass shooters. And that was in the immediate aftermath. He then had a very public phone call with Wayne Lapierre, mm-hmm. the um, president of the NRA. And immediately after that, and we know this phone call happened because both Trump and Wayne Lapierre tweeted about it. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of very public information that, that gets out there because the president of the United States tweets everything in his that mind. Um, but immediately following that conversation, and we know that the NRA is one of his big supporters. It gives him lots of money. Yeah. He then backtracked that statement. Chilling. Completely walked it back. Um, there's enough already in place. Um, you know, we've, we've, we're doing background checks. And I, he stated that there was a slippery slope that would go down as soon as he started doing more. And that eventually, if we try to tackle the gun problem at all in the United States... Uh, we just end up with it being an out-and-out like removal of the Second Amendment, which no president would do. But yeah, um, I mean it's 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 a logical fallacy, right? To go from trying to do something about it to just 
no guns at all, but that's where he took it because that's easy to sell to his base and the NRA basically yeah. told him to do that. That's a massive problem. I, that, that's a wee bit off track, but I think it's nearly impossible to get like gun control in America now. I think it's close to impossible. I think there's just too many people with like, guns, too many... Whether you think it's right or wrong, I, I, I don't mind guns. I think they're like, obviously, if you don't give them to crazy people, but I just so, think... I mean, that's an interesting point because it's also not really true mm. um, in as much as, so, and I might be a little bit off here, but I believe there's, so the U.S. has about 1.2 guns for every citizen. So, you know, there's like 320 million Americans, Americans there's 350 million guns in the US wow. um, so there's an insane amount of guns but it's actually a relatively small portion of, of the US that owns them so we're not talking about like there's 320 million <laughs> Americans got one gun. and everyone owns a gun Yeah, we're talking about there's 350 million Americans but there's a handful of people that'll own like 20 25, gun 30 guns yeah um, again, poll after poll shows that people are in favor of stronger background checks. Yeah. They're in favor of banning certain types of guns. They're in favor of licenses, you know, varying degrees of this. I mean, the background check's a big one. I think that um, poll after poll after poll indicates that the numbers around 89% of Americans are in favor of stronger background checks. So it, That's not a, it can happen. Yeah. That's not a partisan issue. That's not 89% of Democrats. Yeah. It's not 89% of Democrats and independent voters. Okay. That's 89% of people across all political spectrums yeah. are in favor of that. Members of the NRA are in favor, in favor of, of stronger background checks. So it can happen. It's, it's definitely able to happen. The NRA's membership isn't any stronger today than it was five years ago, ten years ago. Um, I believe, in fact, it's, it's in decline relative to, like, you know, the growing population. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I agree entirely with the notion that America will never do anything about it. The problem is part of the reason why Trump got elected is that the United States political system is filled with career politicians okay. you got people in the house of representatives people in the, in the senate that when re-election time comes up they don't even have an opponent there's no one running against them so just gonna win. they don't have to do anything yeah. uh, there's, there's people that have enjoyed their position of privilege and power for their entire lives mm -hmm. since they got into office virtually unchallenged um you know they they spend about 70 percent of their time campaigning to be re-elected so when you think about that they're not really spending a lot of time serving the people yeah. that elected them the electorate has again in my opinion a very um we can talk about gerrymandering as, a, as another sense of this illusion, but it, there's an illusion that the politicians serve the people. You get a vote, you get to go out um, during the election, cast your vote and feel good about participating in the, in the democratic process. 
and they will say all the things that they think will get them elected, like whoever, whichever base they're going for. If if they're a Republican, they're probably campaigning on cons- um, traditional conservative family values, uh, tough on crime, probably quite anti-immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that they're going to be serving ultimately are going to be the special interest groups that give them money. And this is a problem with politics probably the world over yeah well um but certainly you see it in the u.s is that they don't really care what their constituents want if it conflicts with what their special interest lobbyist groups paid them to do Mm -hmm. so um as the example we talked about it earlier the environment yeah Massive issue. We are seeing the effects happening today. The scientific community is in consensus on this issue. It is the single biggest threat facing humanity today. It is a global problem that's going to require global cooperation to sort out. This should be a massive talking point. It should be one of the main uh, items in any politician's like manifesto. Anything yeah. that they're bringing to the table, about it. like they should have a plan and a strategy on how to deal with climate change. You got half of them denying that it's even existing. Meanwhile, um, we've had the five hottest summers on record have happened over the last five years. Increasingly, this July was the hottest July in recorded history. My the day. previous hottest July was last year, and the one before that was the year before that. So it's clear, the evidence is literally in our face. Going, are you, like, it shouldn't I mean, be arguing. It should be, what are we doing about it? Yeah, right? they're, they're measuring um, the the carbon emissions and like particles per million in the air. They know that what we're seeing today has not happened in human history. The, 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 the carbon emissions, the amount of carbon in the air is exponentially increased. Yeah. And they know that it's because of um, human uh, interaction with the world. And we're seeing the Amazon rainforest burning down. As we speak. As we speak. It, it's burning down uh, at the fastest rate that it's ever been destroyed. Jair Bolsonaro, the, the, the president of, of Brazil, um, again, doesn't believe in climate. at all and uh, he is definitely 100% in bed with um, you know a bunch of corporations that are going to benefit from that land being cleared and and, and, welcome to the money yeah there's beneficiaries there 100% but here's the problem with the Amazon rainforest burning down is it accounts for about 20% of the earth's oxygen humans um give out carbon a lot of our activity produces carbon we put a lot of carbon into the world and our rainforests absorb it yeah and they release oxygen um it is a very like the ecosystem is it's a beautiful thing the way it works and supposed to work yeah we're ruining it we're damaging it and we're almost damaging it beyond control but um the amazon rainforest 
not only is it a producer of so much of the Earth's oxygen, it also stores something like um, 140 like billion tons of carbon. So in addition to losing its um, oxygen output, it burns, there's also going to be tons of carbon. Yeah. In addition to what we're already doing, released into the It's already at its highest. Yeah. It, it's a, like the, 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 the issue with the carbon is already terrible. Not only are you losing the output of oxygen from the rainforest, but the carbon that it stores will also be released into what is already a catastrophe. I don't think the world survives much more of these type of leaders. Your Boris Johnsons, your, your Donald Trumps, your Jair Bolsonaros. It's not enough for the G7 summit to come together and say, here's $20 million. And unfortunately, Jair Bolsonaro turned that into... Um, some kind of political stunt by like, oh, I'll only accept it if uh, Macron apologizes to me. I mean, pathetic. But that aside, there needs to be some really tough global um, effort to put some real diplomatic pressure, uh, some, some real pressure on Brazil. Yeah. Because he's not a, he's only just been into it as well, hasn't he? He's like just yeah. been elected. He's just and been, he's just he's, horrible. Oh, he's a, he's a monster. Yeah, he's a monster. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of human rights abuses, um, political opponents going to jail, um, like Lula Silva. Seriously. Oh yeah, oh yeah. His political opponents will all end up in jail. Um, just for going against them. Yeah. Phew. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. I mean. We already see that happening in Brazil. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we if if we had a Brazilian still at camp, you could you could talk about that. But uh, the the previous leader of Brazil, um, there's a lot of controversy uh, about his incarceration, but he's in jail. The the last one that was in charge is in jail. Yeah. A very popular. Um, progressive uh, that was doing a lot for social welfare of the Brazilian people. people like giving back was he a good leader the consensus was yeah yeah like the overall view was yep well yeah when the Brazilians were talking they were talking about how much they hit the new guy and how much they loved the last one so and we had like six or seven Brazilians here didn't we so yep. That's so, yeah I think it was seven what did he get put in jail for do you know um, some kind of Corruption with like a special interest group, uh, something to do with an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too, I, I don't want to talk about it because I'm not too familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, I just, subject, you know, yeah. Really know. I, I know that it was to do with like, um, like a building um, contract, like builders and, uh, you know, him being in cahoots with them, like there was, there was this corruption charge. Okay. But I don't know enough about it, but I do know that it is a very controversial topic. topic. Um, so, yes, him being incarcerated and, 
you know, clearing the way for... He can't run whilst he is a prisoner, whilst he's incarcerated. He can't run for election. Wow. Cleared the way for Bolsonaro. Just to come in. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot about it that doesn't seem very legitimate. So what does Rinleback and what does Ross Barnes do if Trump gets re-elected? And, so you're an American citizen, mm-hmm. Andrew, United Kingdom, British citizen, so... If worst case scenario we leave the European Union yeah. and Trump gets revoted, what does what is your best option as a person? Do you think you stay in one of these countries? I don't. I think the outlook's bleak. So yeah, I mean, just to <laughs> <laughs> worst, worst worst case scenario, hopefully it doesn't yeah. happen. But I mean, I, I'd explore the options if this country, like voting for Trump one time, mm-hmm. bearing in mind that again he won the electoral college, which. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's very anti-democratic voting system, in my opinion. Okay. Um, but he lost the popular vote by about three million people. What? Three million more people voted for Clinton than voted for Trump. In the elections? Yes. Trump lost the popular vote by about three million people. I can't think of... Any other competition where uh, it's it's set up to where the other person doing better than you is a loser, but that's yeah. effectively what happens well, with the electoral college. Um, the more popular person who got more votes lost. Go figure. It's not the first time. Al Gore in two thousand got more votes than George W. Bush. What? So it's, a re- it's repeating itself? Oh, yeah. The, and it will probably for our time? The Electoral College favours the Republicans okay. um, massively. Um, and this is why I have doubts that Trump will win re-election. Okay. Because polls show he's unpopular. In the last election, yes, the Electoral College is, is a thing, so he legitimately won. Mm-hmm. But it's rubbish. It's it's a it's a nonsensical system to me. He lost the popular vote. I think that should make anybody illegitimate. Yeah, like you, you've lost. More people didn't vote for you. That's you clearly shouldn't get it. That's not how a voting system should work. Um, although I wish Brexit worked like that because <laughs> we would be in a better position if the, yeah the one that got uh, the fewer votes had won. But I mean on, on Brexit, I think if. You know, a lot of a lot of the staunch um, leavers. Uh, you can't have a referendum, and then so it's been three years. Yeah, it's been three we years. We can change our minds about votes. Yeah, it's why we have you know elected officials as opposed to um, you know a king or a queen that actually has that that sovereign rule over um, the mm-hmm. UK. I mean, obviously we've got the queen, but that that's a figurehead the Prime Minister and, and the, the party are the ones that actually make policy and, and, and run the country. And we vote them in every five years in the UK, every four years in, in the US, because we're supposed to be able to change our mind. Yeah, We know since the Brexit vote happened that a lot of the things that the Leave campaign said were untrue, Both. false, lies. Yeah, We know that. So based upon the information that we know now, three years later... Yes, we should be able to change our mind. That shouldn't be a question. Yeah, it's such a stupid if, statement. Yeah. To be like, you can't change your mind three years ago. <laughs> if I make a decision based upon, you know, oh, 
would you like um, a slice of this pie? And I immediately go like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love a, I'd love a slice of that pie. Yeah. And then they bring the pie, and I'm allergic to one of the ingredients, and mm-hmm. I learn that after I've said, oh, yeah, I'd love a slice of that pie. Okay. Oh, by the way, this is what's in it. Oh, I can't really have that no more. I can't. I can't eat that. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna just be like, "Oh, this is awkward." I've already said yes. Yeah. I'm gonna have that pie, but it's got cashew nuts in mm-hmm. it, and I will die if I eat those <laughs> cashew nuts. But I've already said yes. So presented with this new information, I'm not gonna say anything because yeah. I can't change my mind. Have that's that's a ridiculous yeah. logic. Now that I've got the new information and I see how detrimental this is going to be for me... No, I can change my mind. I'm going to change my mind. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I'm very sorry. I'm not going to have that pie. Yeah. Please, you know, forgive me and all the trouble that that you've gone to. Like, not that the UK leadership have actually served up, like, a a good pie, (laughs) uh, because they haven't. At all. Since the Brexit vote, um, they've gone, okay, so Brexit. What are the ingredients Mm. for a good Brexit? And then everyone's gone... I, I don't know how to make a Brexit. I don't know. I have no idea how that's done. Like asking for a pie and getting a stick. Yeah, like they, they, they don't have a clue. And that is the information that we have now. There's no plan. And it, it's falling apart. It, it's effectively ended David Cameron's career, ended Boris Johnson, uh, sorry, not Boris Johnson's career, ended Theresa May's career. Um, and it will be the undoing of Boris Johnson. And I don't feel sorry for any of these people. They're all no. terrible. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's a, it's a disaster. Uh, and, you know, to just kind of hammer home that a little bit here with regards to some of the, the, the foreseeable thing. We, we talked about uh, how much the pound has suffered since the vote and how much it will definitely suffer oh, uh, if a Brexit happens. A no-deal Brexit is almost the only outcome because, and I've said this from the beginning... A successful Brexit is a disaster for the, for the European Union. If the UK leaves the European Union and it is a wild success, then the far-right, right-wing conservative parties with and all of the other EU members are going to go, right, there's the framework. That's how it's done. We're going to leave. We're going to reclaim our sovereignty, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And they'll all leave. It is not in the interest of the European Union for Brexit to be a success. Yeah. So they're not going to help that process. No. They're, not going to, they're not going to help make that they a successful process. Give us free and stuff. Yeah, you know, essentially what Brexit was, was uh, your membership to Netflix, right? You're getting all your, your movies and your TV shows that you like. You get home from work. You flick it on convenience. Mm-hmm. You like it. But eh, you've got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sucks. So what the UK essentially did, or, or Nigel Farage certainly did when he walked into the European Assembly the next day, um, was go, hi, Netflix. I would like to cancel my membership, please. <laughs> Oh, why? Well, here's all the... Like, I don't want to pay for it, I essentially. For I don't want to pay for it. And, um, you know, there's some shows about, um, you know, Africans on there. And, like, I don't want to see shows about foreign people. So please cancel my, my Netflix. Um, thank you very much. I'll be keeping my money. And then they go, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cancel your, your membership. Very sorry about that. Um, 
best of luck to you. Uh, your service will, will end on this date. Oh, no, 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 no. So you misunderstand. I want to continue seeing the TV shows and movies that I like. <laughs> I don't want to pay for them. And I want you to like take out all the bits that I don't like. <laughs> I mean, it's nonsense. That's not how a club, not that that's not how a membership to any club works. You pay your membership fees and you get the things that you like. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some things that you don't like, like the price. Yeah. But you appreciate the service you get in turn. So, I mean, no, there's not going to be any travel between European member states without visas, without being treated uh, you know, as not part of this common European Union. Yeah. The trade deals that came because the European Union originally started as like an economic um, partnership between, yeah. between the countries. Um, so that's going to go out the window. So where are we trading with? How much is it going to cost? There's a lot of speculation about food shortages, yeah. medicine shortages. But if they don't want us to succeed, it's going to become yeah. more, obviously. Labor shortages. Where are we going to get nurses for the NHS? Because a lot of them are not British. Yeah, I, I, tell I, you I, right now. I can't. Oh, I, I don't even know the statistic, but it's crazy that they will like so many people will be like, oh, no, like no foreigners, blah blah blah, and it's like the NHS is literally full with doctors I, who I know mean, what they're doing. There's a lot of people filling <laughs> filling positions within the service industry, yeah. from the NHS to construction, to cleaning know, toilets yeah. that people would not there, do. There's a lot of people. So labor shortages, food shortages, um, medicine shortages. These are all things that are theoretically on the horizon. The pound going through the toilet. But from uh, from the perspective with Northern Ireland, what you're going to see is a no deal Brexit will result. Like once I, once we said. There's no free travel. No free travel between the, the UK, between the UK. So like it applies to Northern Ireland and yeah. Ireland, right? So like if you're a British citizen, you can no longer just hop across the border and go into. There has to be a border. Yeah. There has to be a border. Without um, the free movement of trade, mm-hmm. there has to be a border. There has to be a commerce border. Goods coming in and leaving the country need to go through a checkpoint every time. So when that happens with Northern Ireland. The border's going to go, like a hard border is going to go up again. And when the hard border goes up again, the Good Friday deal is null and void. Right? The Good Friday deal, done. Done. It's, it's, it's over. It's like they just forgot about the Good Friday agreement. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I think Theresa May, Nigel Farage, all the English voting in there, I think they forgot about Northern Ireland entirely. In general, like I think they just completely... Yeah, I think they forgot about Northern Ireland entirely. Um... But yeah, I mean, you're talking about a hard border between Northern Ireland and Ireland. You're talking and there's no way around that at all. They just can't do it. With any form, the, the only way around it is to remain in the European Union. That's the only way that can happen? Yeah. Because originally at the start when people were sending me like, oh, what do you think about Brexit and stuff like that? I didn't vote because I was here. Yeah. And I was like, don't so, get me wrong. Oh, I'm, um, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, don't get me wrong. It'll be bad, but it'll be okay because I've got a British one and just get an Irish one. But that's not going to be the... So a soft Brexit, yeah. one of the ideas that was floated with a soft Brexit was um, we would effectively be uh, European Union member light, right? So like we'd keep some of these trade agreements and things like that. But all that is is... Trading our power and influence in the Europe, like a soft Brexit is virtually no Brexit. Yeah, but we are influentially weaker. That would satisfy. Like you could have no border then. Yeah, and and maintain the Good Friday deal, but then the whole exercise is a moot point. Yeah, right. There's no point in doing any of this. Yeah, um, and all the all the leaves 
will complain or the remainers will complain because be the it, it's, it's a diluted deal that ultimately will make nobody happy. Yeah. It's see, bad it for everybody. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, I, I foresee a lot of problems. So for me, I'd explore options, maybe like Canada, <laughs> they've got summer camps, but... <laughs> they do? On winter camps? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, if Trump wins re-election, I don't know that the world survives, uh, because he's not going to do anything on climate change, um, unless somehow he gets convinced that it's profitable for him personally, in which case he'll do it. Um, but we know that the world can't survive another four years of the the onslaught to the environment that is currently. I don't even think America's contributing because, like, even if you go to Starbucks, they'll straight away hand you a plastic cup, like so under off the Obama, um, he had actually reduced carbon emissions. Did he? Yeah. Under Trump, we actually see that he's increased carbon emissions. He rolled back a lot of the Environmental Protection Agency's um, regulations. So a lot of those fossil fuel and other corporations are able to pollute more freely than they used to. Under the Obama administration, they were actually doing something about it. But we know uh, now um, with the deregulation, Trump has accomplished relatively little. Um, Thank God. Even the things he said he was going to do. Yeah, like like the wall. You know, there was things that I was excited about. If he had done them, he said he was going to make um, <laughs> health care way better than Obamacare ever was. The Affordable Not Care close. Act, he was going to do it better. It was going to be cheaper. He's done nothing. No. He's done nothing on it. Um, hasn't built the wall. But he did get tax breaks for the rich, big tax breaks for the rich, and he has rolled back a lot of environmental protections that used to exist but no longer do. Um, the world will not survive. We are on the precipice a lot of, of, of our existence, right? And I'm not saying like we tip over that precipice, we all suddenly die like that. Yeah. No, it will be unfortunately a very long, drawn very out, Very long, painful. slow, painful, there hurricanes, will, everything. Yeah, hurricanes will be stronger, sea levels will rise, uh, we'll see more extreme weather, um, we'll see, uh, right now we talk about Immigrants is like a big thing for, for Trump. He, mm-hmm. he hates the immigrants. Well, if the climate change keeps getting worse, we're going to go, see more and more climate refugees that are leaving places that have flooded, no longer habitable, uh, can't grow anything there, the arid lands. Like, we will have a painful death. And do you think this will happen over like the course of 50 years, or what do you think the... It's probably, it's probably hard to say, isn't it? Yeah, there's people smarter than I am that uh, are experts in this field. But yeah, I mean, you know, we've got the Great Barrier Reef is dying. Yeah. The Amazon rainforest is dying. Um, deserts around the world are expanding. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's dire. And um, long-term forecast isn't, isn't good for humanity unless we, unless we fix it now. And that's a global effort. That's why I'm scared of all of these people that are nationalists, that are isolationists. They talk about closing their borders, becoming more insular. To tackle the problems facing the world, we need more international cooperation. As a whole. Yeah. I know it's the fact that we say we're the smartest animals in the world and we're probably the stupidest when it comes down to it. Yeah. <laughs> 
we're a parasite. And what's the, oh, really quickly, what's the percentage again of extinction animals that we've made extinct? Can you remember? Oh, uh, yeah, this? something like uh, 60% of all creatures have gone extinct since the 1970s. Thanks for everything, guys. See you later. Bye.